Hey, everybody. This is the Ebb and Flow podcast. I'm Eben Britton. It's excellent to be with you guys. Today's episode is brought to you by my friends at Wake Network. If you're interested in optimizing your mind, body, and spirit, Look no further than the power of functional fungi, medicinal mushrooms, that is. You can head over to wake.net, follow the prompts to their products, use code EBBINFLOW to get 10% off and free shipping on your next order. They've got lion's mane, reishi, cordyceps, turkey tail, a comprehensive health blend, Of all of the above, this stuff is fantastic for your cognitive function, for your immune system, for your digestive health. These are ancient adaptogenic plants, y'all, that have evolved alongside human beings since the beginning of time. Little history lesson, Terrence McKenna, the famed, perhaps infamous, notorious, very high-level thinker psychonaut, believed or put forth the stoned ape theory. The stoned ape theory is the idea that as early man made his way out of the African savanna, hunting herds of animals, all along the way, finding in the dung heaps left by these said animals, growing fungi, mushrooms. He would eat these mushrooms, having this massive expansion of consciousness, this grand evolution of beingness, self-reflection, a sense of higher power, godliness, Fantastic theory. I love it. So, to have your own stoned ape experience, functional fungi, medicinal mushrooms, are a fantastic way to go. Uh, And you can head over to wake.net, check out the products page, use code EBBINFLOW to get 10% off and free shipping on your next order. All right. I'm going to screen share for those of you watching this on YouTube. We've got merch, everybody. Head over to higherpowerworkshop.com. Got the page right here in front of you. It's a beautiful homepage. Om, namaste, everything that we're all about. Hit that shop now button to find men and women's t-shirts, hoodies, all kinds of good stuff. More to come soon. We're working on a yoga mat. If it's not up there already by the time this episode airs, lots of good stuff, y'all. Got all kinds of sizes, colors. We've got the way in, and we've got the mantra, a life worth dying for. Are you living that? All right. Last but not least, join the power tribe. Join us on patreon.com forward slash EDS Britain for bonus ebb and flow content, guided meditations, yoga flows, 
breathwork exercises. We're doing monthly group sessions. I've got ebb and flow coaching. These are one-on-one, one-hour sessions each month. There are multiple packages available. Would love to connect with you guys. Limited availability on that. So if you are interested in the coaching, check it out. Get on it. Sign up. Love to get to work with you. All right, y'all. That's about it. This episode of The Ebb and Flow is The Guru Paradox. Had a lot of fun. It's a solo role. I think you guys will enjoy it. I pray that you are finding the strength and courage to stand in your highest greatness because the universe needs you. We need you. All right, y'all. Lots of love. I'll see y'all on the flip side. Peace. You have unlocked the eternal link to internal source, the key of imagination, your admission, access to the enlightened dimension. A gateway at the junction of darkness and light, the place at which the chaos of our conditioned frame of mind give way to a life in constant flux, only to be mastered through vigilant discipline. Peaceful times may come, testing times may go. This is the ebb and flow. What's up, everybody? How are you? This is the Ebb and Flow podcast. You know who it is. It's me, Ebb It's excellent to be with you guys on this magnificent day. Just keep breathing, y'all. Just keep breathing. So today... I have felt compelled to do a solo talk on something I have termed the guru paradox. And to kick it off, I'm going to read something I wrote that was posted to my Patreon uh, about a month ago. You get dope content like this When you join Patreon, y'all. More personal. More in-depth. Today, I'm giving you a taste, a peek behind the curtain of what's happening in Patreon. The Guru Paradox. Every moment is an opportunity to come into closer proximity with the self. The fear, the anger, the anxiety, the joy, the boredom, the sadness, the excitement. If we are willing to be with whatever it is that we are experiencing, we are afforded the profound gift of life. To be with whatever comes up simply means to feel the sensation without the added layers of resistance, denial, judgment, the mechanism of trying to figure it out, expectation, etc. I have these profound experiences of having all sorts of feelings emerge out of the great infinity of my being for no apparent reason at times. And so often I find myself wanting to do something about it. 
But when I have the presence of mind to simply immerse myself in the emotion that has emerged, something happens. A deep sense of peace comes forth. A deep sense of wholeness bubbles up from underneath. It is a practice to be sure, to hold the line of presence, to be willing to feel the energy moving through without turning away. Sometimes it is terrifying. Can we, I, be with that? Can we, I, sit in the excruciating emptiness of boredom or anger or the heaviness of sadness without turning away, just allowing it? I know I hit on this concept frequently, but it seems to me to be the challenge of this lifetime. In all the trips around the sun we have taken, the battles fought, the wars won and lost, the blood that has been shed, the elation, the devastation, this go-round is all about the inner work. Whatever the traps may be, are, it always comes back to God. The universal principle, the divine vibration moving through all things, tapping back into source again and again. What else do we have? Buying more shit? Watching another show? Doing the inner work and being of service to the world seem to be the only ways out of the existential conundrums created by the material paradigm. And it has always been this way. From Atlantis to ancient Egypt, Socrates, Plato, Mohammed, and Jesus, all of them, Buddha, every great story of the ascended masters is the same. Out of the material chaos, the instability of godless life emerges a being or beings who shows the way back to peace, which is always God and nature, the father and the mother, the formless and the form, a massive trip to be sure. Do people want this? I suppose some do. Others could care less. Who is the majority? There's a sinking feeling in me that comes out of a perception, perhaps false, that most are asleep and would like to remain that way. Individuals wandering around in the dark mistaking illusions for reality, apparitions for solid bodies of evidence. The more conscious we become, the less we add to the karmic toll. Becoming more conscious is what we're talking about. It sounds very abstract, but in truth, it is very practical. The ocean of consciousness is so infinitely vast and the distractions are so plentiful that we are blinded by the abundance. But when we take the time, sit still, get quiet, listen to the breath, tap into the feeling tone resonating from within, we begin to uncover the truth. In the West, we are in awe of the Eastern mystics because we find it so incomprehensible that a human being attains such states of quietude, bliss, peace, mindfulness, awareness, etc. 
A person such as Sadhguru goes on tour speaking of enlightenment and transcendence, skillfully unpacking the universal machinations of the mind and the human experience. Audiences sit in wonder, blown back by the depth and clarity, the profundity of such articulation. But as the mystic or guru knows, he is simply speaking out loud the universal aspects of humanity from a place of non-attachment. Having spent a significant amount of time in quiet stillness, these truths emerge. So the audiences sit in amazement, spellbound, touching down in the utter elation of wakefulness as a result of being in the presence of, of an awakened being. Only to return back to their default mode of existence the moment they leave the speech. The mystic laughs, knowing this all too well. The truth being that every single person has this capability. It is simply a matter of doing the practice. Do you want it? Do you want to be enlightened? Do you want clarity? Do you want peace? It is one thing to intellectually say that you do. It is another thing entirely to dedicate time and energy to achieving that desire. All of this is to say that you are the guru. The answers are not out there. Go within and all will be revealed. You know, it's interesting. We all are seeking answers. I suppose that is a revelation of the Western thought paradigm. We want things to be concrete. We have a desperate need to feel solid ground beneath our feet. And so we want to know what things are, how things work, what it is, where it comes from. And so many of us go out looking for the people who know. We want the people with the answers. And that transcends all pathways, the spiritual path, the material path, the scientific path, the success path, whatever it is. We're all looking for the model of solidness. We want the answers. And by God, please, will someone give me the answers so that I can know. And you hear all of the great, call them spiritual masters. 
they talk about the hilarity of this concept. Because the guru, when you come to the guru, and the guru senses that you are in this desperate place of seeking, this state of wanting to know, wanting to get enlightened, wanting the clarity, wanting the answers, the guru sends you on to all of these chores, errands. In the Zen tradition, they offer koans, which are unanswerable questions. For instance, what is the sound of one hand clapping? And so the student goes and he tries to figure this thing out and make sense of it and and answer the question and do the chore and make the do the errand whatever it is to appease his guru because then the guru is going to give you the answer only to come back to the guru and he's got something else for you to go focus on there's a a profound story my brother gus shared with me about one of the one of the very high yogis mystics from India who found his guru who was another saint or another very high being and <laughs> the saint had this guy build a house and he finished building the house it took him forever he built it as best he could and he brought his saint he brought the guru over and he's like, look, man, I did this. I built this house. The saint goes, uh, tear it all down. Tear it down. He's like, uh, okay. So he goes and he tears it all down. Brings the guru back. Says, hey, master, look what I've done. I tore it all down for you. This is what you wanted. Guru says, Build it again. Build it back up. He goes, what? Okay. Builds it up again. Goes and gets his guru. Master, I built it. I did it right this time. What do you think the guru said? Tear it the fuck down. Tear it down. And through this process, he totally broke this person down. Completely deconstructed their worldview, their perception of reality. Because at the end of the day, it's all about shedding this perception that it's out there. It's about releasing yourself from the belief that you are not good enough and that something out there is going to fill you, give you, bring you the wholeness, the contentment, the enlightenment that you are so desperately seeking. There's a profound thing. Enlightenment, a lot of people think, Enlightenment is about what you gain. In fact, enlightenment is about what you lose. You're lightening the load. You're releasing yourself from the baggage. 
We're climbing this mountain. And we're climbing it and we're carrying around this fucking big ass bag of shit. Slowly but surely we lose that stuff. As you come back into yourself, as you learn and you commit yourself to the practice of surrendering to what is. One of my, one of my great mentors, he said to me, we don't walk up the mountain, we float up the mountain. As we get lighter, as we lighten the load, we begin to float up the mountain. So what does that mean if we are to say, you are the guru? You, you are the guru. You have all the answers inside of you right now. Let's take it on his face. Anytime you ask someone a question, and they give you an answer. The answer they are providing you with is coming through the lens of their being and their experience. They are not giving you an absolute truth when they provide you with an answer to your question. They are providing you with a conglomeration of words, symbols, that they have come to interpret as their perspective or belief in a given subject, your question. So are you getting the absolute truth answer? brought forth by God itself, brought down from the universe into your being? No. You're receiving a response from someone in regards to a question you are asking for whatever reason that is filtered through the experience, the life, the prism that is this being in front of you and how they interpret their surroundings, their life, the way their mind works, their foundation of beingness, education, experience, etc. Not to mention it's infused with all of their fears, their resentments, their shame, their anger, their stuff. All of their stuff is infused in the response that you receive.
Is this making sense? So when we say you are the guru, you are the divine intelligence manifested in physical form in a human body. You are God incarnate. You are the creator of your life, a particle of the universe, of the source of all things, the one happening through the prism that is you. How many times do you turn away from the energy that is moving through you? The emotions, the feelings, the thoughts that come into your being, seemingly out of nowhere. All of that, all of that stuff, that energy, is your divine source of information, of answers, of truth. So when we say you are the guru, it leaves it up to you. Do you spend time? Do you take time to get quiet, to be still, to listen to that voice emanating from inside you, to that energy moving through you? This is where we find the answers. And this is what the gurus, the great mystics, the highest beings on the planet who have ever lived, this is what they have tapped into. And they just emanate this sense of knowingness. But what they know is the truth of their being, which paradoxically, many times correlates directly with a sense of the worldly happenings, the cosmos. And the deeper you go into self, the deeper you go inside, and the more intimate your connection becomes with who you are and what you are, the answers to everything become revealed. Life is constantly changing, ebbing and flowing, moving, shifting, evolving, transforming. We are never stuck in one place. That is an illusion of the mind, being stuck. 
a metaphysical truth is if you are not growing and evolving and moving with the flow of the universe, you are dying. We're dying anyway. We're all going to die at some point. But on a fundamental level, when you're stuck and caught in the illusion of stuckness, That is a living death, an unwillingness to evolve, to grow, to expand. So then it comes to, as you evolve. And as you grow and as you expand and as you begin to find these answers, gain a sense of knowing in yourself. The trap then is to not get stuck in the identity of knowing. Many times on the spiritual path, We find ourselves at these places where, oh, I figured it out. I'm here. I tasted the bliss. I tasted eternity. I tasted peace. Therefore, I know. Because what happens? The ego comes in and it assumes that mask of spiritual righteousness. And that's very dangerous because now use your spirituality. You lose, you use your inner work as a mechanism of holding yourself higher than others. I know they don't. And then we're right back where we started. The blame game, looking outside ourselves for the answer to why we feel so full of resentment or discouraged or whatever it might be. So for the guru, this is on an exponential level. The practice of the guru must be to never slip into the egocentric identity of having it all figured out, of knowing all the answers holding themselves higher than others. When you hold a guru to at a higher level, you put them on the pedestal, that's your fault. The guru didn't do that. The guru is simply a light along the way. It's all on you. You must see it. You must do it. You must experience it. You must take action. The guru is a guide holding a candle as you make your way through the darkness. 
And that's wonderful. It's wonderful that we can, or when we find these people throughout our lives who provide us with more information, who provide us with inspiration, who provide us with a sense that there is something more, especially in the West, because we are so caught up in the orientation of happiness as a destination or a place to get to or a thing to buy or a job to have or an amount of money to make, etc. Who has lived behind your eyes other than you? Anyone? I've never found that person. That person does not exist. This behind these eyes it has only ever been me whatever that even is. This infinite energy that's just watching all of this shit go down over the last 33 years. Sometimes it feels like I'm the star of the movie. But the whole time I've just been watching the movie. Yes, we make choices. Yes, we have free will. I believe we have free will. Now that's an interesting question as it relates to cause and effect. See, as God incarnate, as the creator of your life, every single moment you have the ability to make any decision, any choice, take any action you want. Doesn't always work that way. Because of our past programming. The patterns that we have created throughout our lives in dealing with situations, the traumas we've experienced, the pain we've experienced, the joys we've experienced. How many times have you fallen so deeply in love with something or someone and then you associate that love, that sense of pure happiness, joy, contentment to that thing only to be let down the next instance of it. Because you attached 
this whole feeling tone to this thing only to realize that that thing or that person wasn't the concept you created in your mind that you fell so deeply in love with. And then what do you experience? You experience letdown, disappointment, discouragement, sadness, grief, anger. And you go, wait, man, but that was the thing. That was, they were it. I was in love. Think about it. Think about how many times. How? Think about throughout your life when that has occurred. What have you learned from that experience? I know I've experienced that with people and things. Things, practices, all sorts of stuff. So then what does it come down to? There is something more. There is always more. And it just comes down to your willingness and your commitment. And even using those two words, it feels or it can seem like it's a dire situation. It's not dire. There are many paths to the top of the mountain. And it's up to you. What do you want? Like I said in that reading, a lot of people say they want clarity. A lot of people say they want enlightenment. They want peace, etc. But what are you living? What are you doing in your life to create that, to cultivate that sense of being? You want that, but you're still running the rat race popping the pills, drinking the alcohol, rushing through every moment of your day. When you're in your meetings, you're thinking about the weekend. When you're in the weekend, you're thinking about the we- the meetings. When you're hanging out with your friends, you're on Instagram. When you're on Instagram, you're thinking about not being on Instagram. All the while, it's right there. It's right here, right now, in this moment. Whatever it is, it's all here. Now, are you? You are the guru. You have the answers. To access those answers, you may need to clear away a bunch of bullshit. Take out the trash. 
There's a fantastic book I read in college called The Way of the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman. Amazing. Very practical spirituality for the everyday human being. It's powerful. And something he says in there is take out the trash. And we can all do that. What does that mean for you? What does it mean to take out the trash? Well, you're in the midst of doing something, whatever it is, you're writing, you're engaging with a friend, you're at work, sending emails, send the email, be the email, write the fucking email to the best of your ability with as presence, as present a mind as you can possibly cultivate. How do you do that? Well, one tool for that is to constantly bring your awareness back to the breath. Now, even that, that has traps, that has pitfalls, because then if you're constantly in your breath, are you doing the thing or are you in your breath? One of my favorite chores to do around the house is doing the dishes. Because I find that when I'm doing the dishes, I completely forget about everything else. And I'm totally immersed in doing the dishes. And it is truly a meditative experience. Can we make our lives a meditative experience? Clearing the mind, taking out the trash, opening ourselves up to the profound moment that we are a part of that we are immersed in. The opportunities are endless. They are constantly coming and presenting themselves. It's a matter of simply being here right where you are in your feet at every given moment. All right, y'all. That's it. You are the guru. Uh, Before I let you guys go, we've got merch, everybody. Higherpowerworkshop.com. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, uh, lots of good stuff. I'd also love to see all of you join the Power Tribe on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash edsbritain. All of that will be available in the show notes etc. Lots of love to you guys. I pray that you are finding the strength and courage to live in your highest greatness today. All right. I'll see y'all on the flip side. Peace.